In Titus 2, older women are commanded to teach what is good so they can help younger women love their husbands and children. On today's show, you'll hear from older women who will share timeless, relevant biblical wisdom and personal, profound life experiences to help answer your questions and teach what God says is good so you can be the wife and mother you were created to be. Welcome to another episode of Older Women Likewise. We are so glad you could join us this evening. We have quite the panel this tonight. We have Cindy in South Carolina, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. And then we have Jill and Sandy and Judy who worship. You've met them before. They are elders' wives, deacons' wives in the congregation uh, that uh, Wallace and I worship at. And we're just really pleased to have them with us tonight. We're talking about your prayer life tonight. And we, each of these ladies are going to bring a part of the lesson for us. And then we're going to talk about some challenges that each of us face, particularly as women, in our prayer life. And we're going to talk about how to meet those challenges. So Judy is going to talk with us first about why should we pray? Hi. I want to say hello to everyone and uh, thank Isla. Yes. Thank Isla for uh, inviting me back. I appreciate that. So why should we pray? Well, in Matthew 6, Jesus taught us how to pray. So for beginning to begin with, I'd like to say that um, the prayer in Matthew 6, what is commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught us what should be in our prayers. And he starts out with, hallowed be thy name. So we know that we need to praise the Lord we, so that's part of our prayer life, that we should praise him and give him thanks and praise. And Paul, when he was praying for the Ephesians, he included praise to God in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. And there it is. Oh, 20. Okay, there it is. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So Paul included praise to our Lord. And um, also in that prayer, that teaching of that prayer, he tells us to ask that thy will be done. And this is really important. We always need to recognize that when we pray to our Lord, that it's not our will, but his will that needs to be done. So we need to include that when we pray, saying that thy will be done. We ask for our daily bread, it says, which I believe is our physical needs on a daily basis, on a daily basis. And um, not just for the bread, but for physical needs, whatever we need for the day, Lord, please. May we have our physical needs for this day. He says we need to pray for forgiveness. And of course, we all know that we need this. And he says we need to 
confess our sins to our Father. Forgiveness, forgive us for what we have done. And a great example, I thought also, was in the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee, he was just, you know, so puffed up about himself. He just had did everything. He was wonderful. He was great. He, you know, there was no one better than him where the tax collector just barely could look. I, I believe it says he doesn't even look up. And he says to God, be merciful to me, a sinner, recognizing that we are sinners and recognizing in that in the teaching that Jesus gave us of how to pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So we ask the Lord to please deliver us from any sort of evil that we may be contemplating or be involved in, we need to be delivered from that. These are all good things that Jesus taught his disciples that they should pray for. Another reason why we should pray, I believe, is because Jesus prayed. We are followers of Christ, are we not? Mm -hmm. So Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed in the garden in Matthew 26, 39. Going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So we see that Jesus prayed in the garden. He prayed for a change in the plan of his suffering. He was asking God to intervene, but only if it was God's will. And there again, only if it's God's will. And so this is how we need to think about things when we're praying, asking God for help in our times of distress, in our times of sorrow, in our times of weakness, in our times of sickness. We need to say, thy will be done. And we need to be praying, believing that God is able, that he is able if he wills. So we need to have that belief that it is possible. Jesus gave thanksgiving in Matthew eleven twenty five. He says, at that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. So we see he gives thanksgiving. Jesus, we must remember to always thank God for all our blessings, just like he did. He gave thanksgiving. In Ephesians 5.20, we're told to give thanks for all things to God the Father in the name of Jesus. Jesus prayed for his disciples. He prayed that God would keep them from the evil one. He, so we need to think about that. We need to think about if Jesus prayed for his disciples, we should pray for our friends, for our family, for our loved ones, for all those that we know to keep them from the evil one as well, as well as ourselves. He prayed for his enemies. And this is a hard one, praying for your enemies. Nobody, you know, wants to pray for their enemies because it's just natural to, to not want to pray for them, you know. But Jesus said, did, and we need to follow his example. On the cross, Jesus says what? Forgive them, 
for they know not what they do. Were they his enemies? They were definitely his enemies. And so he prays for his enemies. Prayer was very important to Jesus. The benefits of prayer, I have a few things on that. Um, I think one of the first things is recognize the privilege that we are able to talk to our creator. Is that not a benefit? Such a benefit that is, that we can go to him. Another benefit for me is quiet time. One-on-one -on -one with the Lord. We speak, he listens. This can be a challenge for women due to many demands that we have placed that are on us. Raising children, keeping the home, working in the home, working out of the home. When would we find time to pray? So this can be real challenging for a woman in this situation. As we get older, things change. And we don't have all those responsibilities anymore. Um, it still can be challenging to find time to pray. But quiet time, quiet time, time with our Lord. It brings us closer to God. That's another benefit of prayer. How does this work? Well, for me, I can speak only for me. It's the silence and the reflection of time with God. Our lives are filled with noise. So quiet time and, and thinking and, and, and knowing our Lord is listening is time to reflect on life. We have examples, another benefit of prayer, examples in the Bible of prayers that were answered. That's a great, you know, a benefit of prayer, obviously, when that happens. Israel's cry in the wilderness. God raised up Moses in Exodus 3.9. Elijah's prayer. That prayer was for rain. And it stopped for, I think it was three and a half years. And then when he prayed again, it started raining again. So that's in James 5, 17 and 18. And it, it tells us about how that occurred. He prayed and it happened. Hezekiah's prayer. Anybody remember what Hezekiah prayed for? He wanted to add some years to his life. And God added 15 years to his life. 2 Kings 20, answered prayer. And this is a favorite of mine. Peter was released from prison after the prayers of the church in Acts 12.5. The prayers of the church, isn't that interesting? Because many people today refer to the church as what? The building. Now, a building can't pray. So just a little side note there about the church is the people. It's all those of us who love the Lord and as these people did and prayed for Peter and Peter was released. So prayer is not always answered in the way we want it, but it's always answered and we need to look for the answer. And it's not my will, 
but thy will be done. And I just have one. Oh, go ahead, something else. I just, in conclusion, I just have one other thing. This was um, something that was scribbled almost a century ago, probably more than that by now, by an anonymous soldier of the Confederacy. I asked for help that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I may learn humbly to obey. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything I hoped for. Despite myself, my prayers were answered. I am among all men most richly blessed. Thank you, Judy. I, I think that you know, you've really given us some good thoughts about why we should pray. Anybody else have anything else they'd like to add uh, about the reasons that we pray? Maybe some benefits that we get from them. Jill, what do you think? I was thinking about those examples that Judy cited of uh, famous prayers that were answered. And when our prayers are answered, God gets the glory. Um, and, and that to me is one of the prime reasons mm -hmm. that we should be using that. Right. right. That's very good. Yeah. For God to have the glory. Sandy. Well, when we pray and we've turned it over to God, we receive a peace. And to mm -hmm. me, that's worth everything in this world to have that peace, to know that he's taking care of it. And I don't have to worry about it anymore. Right. It's really a strong point. Cindy? I would just add that we should pray because meaningful repetition will accomplish much. Mm -hmm. I mean, it already has. We've seen it in our own lives. We see it in other people's lives. James 5, 16. Like we have just a little bit of power and influence, but because we're in relationship with God, we have access to the power that created the entire universe so it's because it accomplishes a lot. That's another why. Oh, excellent. And I know I pray because I love God and I can't imagine not talking to him. I listen to him through his word, but how, what a joy it is to know I can just stop and speak to the God, the creator, you know, to God, the creator of the, of the universe. And, and he listens to me. And uh, so all of those are, are wonderful reasons for why we pray. And uh, Cindy, you're going to talk to us some about uh, how should we pray? Yeah, I have three little ideas. First, I would like to say that we should pray according to his will, which we heard a little bit about that already. But First mm -hmm. John 5, 14 says, this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he mm -hmm. hears us. And you can familiarize yourself with his will only by reading his will every day, right? If you're not absolutely sure what you are praying is according to his will, then Jesus teaches us to say, if it is your will, Lord, thy will be done, right? If it is your will, Lord. So let's do that. And then believe that God is powerful enough to grant your request and but wise and compassionate enough to deny your request when it is not in your 
or another's best eternal interest, right? Second idea, uh, we should pray intensely. There are various flavors of intensity in scripture. For example, prayer is to be intense in terms of frequency. We see this in Romans 12, 12, when God says that we are to be devoted to prayer. When we have a good example of earnest or intense praying in Epaphras, a bond slave of the Lord who is said to be always laboring earnestly in his prayers, Colossians 4.12. See how heartfelt intense prayers can be hard work, right? When they are the fervent outpouring of our hearts. I know I would love to see what the church would look like if each of us recommitted ourselves to being entirely devoted to prayer. Um, we can tap into the very powerful, the very power that spoke, like I said before, the world into existence. I mean, can you imagine? Prayer so changes things. And um, thirdly, I would say we must pray with faith. Jesus said in Matthew 21, 22, and all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive, unquote. So I have witnessed, witnessed that firsthand that with God, all things are possible. I mean, his answers to my family's prayers from time to time have been so stunningly obvious and awe-inspiring that they've become very, very faith-building for the people in my family. So James 1, 6 through 7 points out that our prayers must be in faith without any doubting. And that doubters ought not to expect that they will receive anything from the Lord. So those are my thoughts along the lines of how should we pray? Very good. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, Jill, we're going to, uh, you're going to bring us some information about when and where should we pray? Okay. And I, as we discussed, Isla, when we first talked about this topic, <laughs> I feel like that this is an area I really need to grow in because, uh, you know, as it's been pointed out, we're to always, we're to pray mm -hmm. without ceasing. I feel like, you know, that's, that's something that demands that you always have God on your mind mm -hmm. and everything you look at, everything gets interpreted through this filter of who God is his power and his purpose for us. And, and we need to keep that in mind at all times. And that'll signal, signal us, you know, when we need to talk to him. That's right. Um, I, I just think of him all the time. And I feel like so a prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy memorized form mm -hmm. It should be from our hearts. He wants to be in our heart. He loves us. He wants to hear from us. He wants to hear from us when things are good. He wants to hear from us when things are bad. Um, he wants us to feel part of him, I think. You know, if we're in Christ, we're in the Father. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I struggle with... Um, I know you sent some notes around and uh, definitely people do have scheduled prayer times. I'm not much of a schedule keeper. And sometimes I feel like, well, then I'm not praying, but I don't think I should be so hard on myself. 
I agree. Um, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you know, most people will pray at a meal. And we have examples of that in the scriptures. And that's fine. But be sure we're sincere when we're going to do that. Um, that it's not just a rote thing. I got to get this over with so I can eat. Mm -hmm. kind of amen, dig in kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but, you know, some of the Old Testament characters of faith, uh, I really think of Daniel when I think of somebody who has scheduled prayer times. He would mm -hmm. not give up his three times a day to go into his chamber and speak to God. And, and he did that in such a way that although he was in his chamber, it was private. Everybody knew he was doing it or he wouldn't have gotten in trouble for it. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so those formal times of prayer are not like in mealtime. When we go out to eat at a restaurant and we all pray and thank God for the meal before we have it, that's us communicating with God. You know, we're as a group, if you're with, friends, members of the church are communicating with each other, but you're also letting the world know mm -hmm. that you're grateful to God for those things that have been given you. Mm -hmm. um, That's, those are all really good points about when and, and where should we pray? It's basically anytime and anywhere. Wouldn't you say, Jill, just. Yes. Anytime and yeah. anywhere. Uh, and, uh, I find it amazing that some people think you have to go to a special building mm -hmm. or go through some mm -hmm. sort of ritualistic ceremony or lighting candles or something. That has nothing to do with the way that we're taught in the scriptures to pray. Cindy. Mm -hmm. I would like to add a kind of a unique idea to it um, as well for when when you're reading the scriptures, you know, that can be like a conversational experience. So try this out. This is kind of a new win. Like you read through and then something strikes you that you're very, very thankful for. You close your eyes. You thank God for that and why you're thankful for that. You open your eyes. You're reading some more. You see something that convicts you and you close your eyes. You pray that God forgive me for that when I did this or that. You open your eyes. And so while he's, it's more conversational, while mm -hmm. he's talking to you, then you respond to his words. And so that can be a very, very beautiful way to commune with God. Oh, I like that. That's yeah, I, I definitely, definitely can. I can't wait to try that for sure. Oh, you'll love it. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Think the scriptures just pull you into that. If yes. you're concentrating. Try it with Psalms 103. Try it if you're going to sample that. I, I, a serving suggestion would be Psalms 103. Try that. Okay, definitely. <laughs> so we, I think all of us are going to do it and we invite all of our viewers to do that as well. Jill. I think another thing, idea that goes along with when you should pray has to do with different times in your life. You know, we go through phases, we go through trials, we go through times when we're satisfied you know, sometimes I have to pray, you know, that I think I'm too satisfied. I, I, I'm perhaps coasting along. Maybe that draws me back into prayer with the Father. Um, so because of the great blessings I have. So um, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Something to consider. That's right. Sandy, uh, 
we're going to talk about, you're going to talk to us about for what should our, should we pray? Is there a formula that we should use? I know Judy has given us some information about what Jesus, how Jesus prayed. What are some other ideas that you have about how we should pray? Well, it can be as numerous as there are people in the world, you know, for mm -hmm. things to pray. And I'm going to repeat a little bit of what Judy said, because I'm going to the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. But, um, you know, he said, let us pray like this. You know, what better example can we have than Christ? And we pray for his kingdom. We pray for the continuation of his kingdom and us in it. Um, give us this day our daily bread. That doesn't mean just give me a loaf of bread. That means anything, any physical needs that you have, everything comes from God. So it's not wrong to pray and thank him for our physical needs. But if we put our physical needs above his will, then, then it becomes a sin to us as we talked earlier in class. But uh, um, we, how many times do we scroll through Facebook or some other social media? And you know, I belong to this church, this group, it's women of the churches of Christ and it's a prayer group. And when somebody comes on there and requests prayer, I stop right then and pray for that person. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes yeah. on Facebook, long time, just praying for all the people that have requested. It doesn't have to be somebody from the church. I mean, it can be anybody. You know, we had a friend who had a surgery today and he was very concerned about it. So, you know, definitely we want to pray for people that ask us to pray for them. And this goes to if you're talking to somebody at church and they say, please pray for me. Don't forget that as soon as you walk out the door. You've made a commitment to that person to pray for this situation. And I think we had somebody on one of, on the program once before that said they actually set a timer on their on their uh, phone to remind them to pray for so-and-so at 8 o'clock tonight because they're going to be doing this. And they asked me to pray for them. So, you know, I, I'm not that organized, but I do keep a list. I, I carry a book to church that I write the, the prayer requests in. And then I can go back and go over those, you know, over and over and over. Sometimes, you know, that's been resolved. And you thank God that it's been resolved and that the people are okay. So we can always pray for those that we love, for those that ask us for their prayers. If it is a sinner, we might want to pray for their soul as well as the request that they've given us that they would come to know God and would be able to be a part of our assembly. Um, forgive us our debts. My goodness, if we don't pray and ask God to forgive us our sins, then we're really lost. So definitely we need to pray and ask him to forgive us. Even we may have done something really bad or we may have done something that we didn't even know we did. But it doesn't matter. If it's a sin, it's a sin. There's no big sins and little sins. They're all sin. And so we need to ask God to forgive us for that. Um, lead us not into temptation. You know, how many times do we maybe catch a passing thing on TV or somebody says something, you know, we kind of get drawn into it. And that can become a temptation for us. And it settles in our mind and it just eats at us. You know, it's like... It will not go of us. If we pray that God will take this from us and we pray in faith, he will take it from us. He said he would. 
So, you know, we don't, if you pray and think, oh, I'm going to say this, but I really don't think God's going to give this to me, or I don't think God's going to do this for me, then we're praying in the wrong frame of mind, with the wrong frame of mind. He said that he will answer our prayers if we ask in, in the right way. And that is, you know, that's one of the most important avenues we have right now to keep our soul pure is to ask for forgiveness of sins. Excuse me, there in First Timothy, he's talking about the leaders of the church. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, verse 1 and 2. Can't read my own writing. Uh, <laughs> and so first of all, then I urge that some supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life godly and dignified in every way. You know, if our leaders today followed that formula, how much more peaceful would our lives be? And we, it seems like we're coming into a time when there's so much turmoil in this world that we need to pray for our leaders that they would let God lead them. Very good, thank you so much. You all have made a, all real good points about uh, prayer for us, but I want us to sort of get down to where we live on this a little bit. And Ju uh, Judy mentioned this too, that women have challenges in prayer, uh, as Jill said, and I agree. I, I study the Bible a lot, but I don't always, I'm never, I'm not totally satisfied with my prayer life, which is one of the reasons I thought this would be a great subject for us to discuss. And what are some of the challenges that women face? And, and, and it can be things that men face as well. But, uh, you know, I really want to think about uh, of women facing. What are some challenges that you think at different stages in your life that you have faced? Um, Jill, do you have a, a, something you can think of? Oh, Sandy, did you have something on that? Oh, it's okay. Go ahead. Well, you know, we were okay. talking about public <laughs> prayer, but I worked in the school system. It was a that was a challenge for me because mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to speak about religion in my classroom. Mm -hmm. uh, I I can refer to it, but I can't teach religion. Mm -hmm. um, uh, as an example to my children in my classroom, we had the silent moment of silence, but I made sure they knew that that's what that moment was for. Some of them didn't even know that, mm -hmm. and that I was partaking of that. If they didn't want to, they needed to at least let those who did be able to participate. So sometimes it's our work where we work that we're forbidden to to have any kind of a, an out loud sort of a prayer. Sandy, you had a thought? Well, you know, these days it's just the two of us, my husband and myself. And still I have a hard time getting enough quiet time and space without him needing something or something, somebody rings the doorbell or the phone rings or whatever. So, you know, I try to isolate myself as much as possible. And if I have to, then I have to tell him I, I need to pray. And that way he, he knows not to interrupt me. But so many times I'll be sitting right there in my chair with my head bowed 
and praying about something and he walks through the room and doesn't pay a bit of attention to the fact you know <laughs> that my head is bowed my eyes are closed but you know that's just the way it is in relationships so i'm sure i do it to him sometimes too so yeah. even at this advanced stage you know it's yeah. hard sometimes to find mm -hmm. that quiet period and and mm -hmm. younger women have even more challenges like that i always tell my children you know I would, uh, even in the bathroom, I'd say, I could see your little fingers under the <laughs> coming up. There's a little finger. Because you never get any time to yourself. Right, Cindy? Oh, yeah. For sure. Very challenging. But I know that often, like a nursing mother will, like, she'll count that as time. Ah, this is my signal. Mm -hmm. And I guess that kind of plays into what my idea was of what you just uh, spoke about, Sandy, was like, how do you find that time? And there's something that some experts talk about in time management, they call it habit stacking. So we all have these certain things that we do every single day. It's just so autopilot, we don't even think about it. One example might be brushing your teeth. And so what they suggest is when you have a new thing you wanna start doing more consistently is that you stack that habit on top of that one that's already really, really established. So if you're brushing your teeth, you're like, oh, this is when after this, when I rinse, then I go, that's when I make my tea to go sit down and do my prayer time. However it looks for you, mm -hmm. um, habit stacking can often be a way to kind of figure out like, where does this belong in my life? You know, mm -hmm. some of us are sharper in the morning. Mm -hmm. Some are sharp. We need this at night in order to rest. So yeah, that was one idea. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's great. Uh, Sandy? Well, one thing that I have found sometimes, you know, as we get older, we don't sleep all the way through the night. So if I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and yes. I'm not ready to get up, I feel like God's saying, you have something to pray about, you know, and this is yeah. the time that I use for prayer. Whether mm -hmm. he's in the bed or not makes no mm -hmm. difference. That's a quiet, private time. Mm -hmm. yeah. Perfect. Judy? That reminds me of our, our preacher, Tommy Haywood. He always says, uh, you know, if you get up in the middle of the night, take out the list of the people in the church bulletin that need prayers and start praying mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. you know, you've got a whole list there to pray for, you know, yeah. so that, that reminded me of when Sandy mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes we have the challenge of sickness, of illness or pain. Uh, and it's just hard sometimes when you don't feel well uh, yourself to stop and pray beyond praying mm -hmm. for yourself. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, it's easy enough to pray for yourself when you're sick, but to, to really stop and, and, uh, and to pray like we want to when we feel well if we're sick, especially chronic illness or chronic pain, can really be a challenge uh, for us uh, in terms of praying. Any other challenges that you can think of that uh, sort of make it hard for us sometimes to pray? Or Sandy, another comment? Yeah, I just wanted to say, having had an extended illness, I found that my prayer life increased tremendously. Mm -hmm. And it's funny when I look back, it's not funny, but it, it's you know different when I look back you can see where God let the pieces fall into place in exactly the right moment in exactly the right way. 
for everything to come out for me and, and mm -hmm. for my family, especially. So, you know, I, I did pray for myself, but I prayed for others to get my mind off of what I was going through at the time. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Uh, any other tips for improving our prayer life? We want our prayer life to be fruitful. I mean, we want to uh, bear fruit for the Lord and we want it to, to flourish and we want it to be uh, really useful to us. We want to receive the benefits of prayer. Uh, any of you have something else that you can add to that, Judy? Well, the scripture that says to pray without ceasing, you know, I've often thought about that, you know, that what does it really mean? And I think we pretty much all have come to the conclusion that it means that we are to be in a prayerful state, or maybe all the time, thinking about the Lord, thinking about God, that God, like Jill said, you know, thinking about God. And so for me, it's not always that going into the inner room. My prayers are at the kitchen sink. They are in the bathroom. They are outside when I'm gardening. They are at driving. They are all these other areas where, you know, many places where, and of course, you know, this, this new reading that uh, we're going to all give a try to, is a wonderful thing too that i think that's going to be a real good asset for us so yeah. you know we we pray without ceasing we we do if we're doing i feel that um and then there's time for the other prayer for the the prayer when you go into your inner room mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. very good cindy some closing comments for us Sure. And one, one little idea I'll sneak on on improving oh, yeah, our yeah. prayer life would be to keep a prayer journal. Oh, keep a it. prayer journal. Did you mm. call on me, Isla? Am I? Yes, is it my I just, turn? yes please. I wanted you to speak. Yes, ma'am. And I was agreeing okay. with your prayer journal. I've done that before. Okay. And it, I, okay, it's really I had a feeling that I was taking Sandy's turn because Cindy and Sandy kind of rhyme. So, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, a prayer yeah. journal. I love an electronic one. Um, but and so tracking your scripture reading, giving God a praise, thinking of a praise like uh, that has all the elements of prayer, thanking God for something. Um, and when you're looking for what you're going to put in your prayer journal, like I used to think of like five things a day. And that was really helpful for me because it was teaching my brain to look for my five like, oh, there it is. And it kind of trained my brain to be optimistic. Um, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's number three. And so thanking God for I. Five things a day is what I used to do. Now I do one thing a day because I'm actually, I have like 20 writing prompts now in my prayer journal. But the key ones are praise, thanking God, confession. Like, where do you feel vulnerable today? What do you feel convicted by today? It might be something small, like not telling the complete truth because you didn't want to hurt someone's feelings. Or it might be an abomination. I mean, there are certain sins that God calls an abomination. So whatever this confession is whatever range that is, intercession, who needs my prayers, casted care, what's weighing my heart down the most today, and kind of just getting that out. So I think, yeah, try this, try this writing, if, if writing's your thing, but mm -hmm. keeping a yeah. prayer journal, because you can go back and look and be like, wow, he answered so many of my prayers. 
That's very good. Thank you. All right. So you want me to wind us down here, Isla? Or you yes, got? Please do. I, I think we've okay. we've shared all that we've got. For, oh, Judy has one more thing. I do. Do we have time for one more thing? Sure. Okay. So uh, I have a, an exceptional daughter-in-law, and she's just wonderful. And everything is what, what with the children is what God has made or God has, you know, God is involved. God, It's all about God. They're older now. But when they were younger, you know, we'd go for walks or whatever. The leaf would fall. Who made that? God made that. Let's stop and pray and thank him. So I think things like that for the younger women who may be watching, just always, whatever the sky, the sun, the moon, the stars, whatever, let's stop and thank God for that. I think it's pretty powerful for kids. I love that idea. I love that idea. And I've seen my own daughter do the same thing where if something is really, you know, children get scared, like, oh, let's stop right now and pray about that. Or if something they just so relieved all of a sudden that something isn't going to happen that they were then, you know, so on every occasion teaching them like, oh, it's time to pray. It's time to pray. I'm relieved. I'm nervous, whatever it is. So love, love your idea. And it kind of ties into my little closing remark here. And that is every parent wants a close relationship with their child. And our heavenly father is no different. Our prayers, he tells us, are so sweet to him that they are like golden bowls full of incense. They are like a fragrant aroma that he says um, in Revelations 5.8. Our, our prayers, our prayers to him go up to him like that. So this is a pleasure to God. And let's not deny him that pleasure of just pouring out to him everything that's in our hearts. He wants to be close to us. Let's draw near to God using prayer. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Cindy. And I appreciate Jill and Judy and Sandy for being with us uh, on this uh, program tonight. And Thank you so much for all that you brought to this program about a woman's prayer life. Next uh, Thursday evening on Older Women Likewise, we'll be talking about count your blessings, uh, gratitude and thankfulness, uh, which will be appropriate, I think, for the day. So um, we'll appreciate you watching the program again next Thursday, joining us then. Um, and uh, Tuesday nights, Answering Religious Error, 8 o'clock, Keeping My Head on Straight, wonderful lessons that are being brought to help us in making application of God's Word to our lives. Question and answer on Wednesday. There are so many questions, Bible questions people have. I don't think they'll ever run out of questions to answer, and they give us a good Bible answer for everything. So thank you so much for joining us, for being with us uh, this evening or whenever you're watching this program. And uh, such a pleasure to, to bring God's word to you all. So good night, ladies. Thank you again. Thank you. Good night.